Howdy y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie and welcome to Sumo, Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things Sumo. That's right. And if the gods of tech are with us today, <laughs> we will be talking about Sumo across the globe, but not in Japan. Well, sort of in Japan, but more in the Eastern European block. Is that what Eastern you call it? Eastern block, I think. We're talking about wrestlers that end up in the pro field from places other than Japan and the U.S. and a host of other countries they come from. This episode is going to be like history of wrestling according to Leslie's crazy research-ish. It's going to be ish. Ish. That's like, okay, my spotlight <laughs> is going to be Tochinoshin-ish. Because I did six hours of research, y'all, on Tochin Ocean, and I cannot access it today to save my life. So it's going to be what Laurie can remember about the research she did yesterday and on what Tochin Laurie Ocean. can and what Leslie can summarize from <laughs> the rabbit holes she went down also for like six hours and then realized, oh, I've gone way too far. I've gone way too far. So we don't know where this is headed, y'all. Nope, but just enjoy. Can we tell you how this was inspired? Because this was inspired by a news story, correct? Yeah. What was it? I forgot. <laughs> okay. So in just a few weeks, we have someone oh, yes. coming to visit us. Yes, And I do. know you're going to talk about this because it all relates to news. Right. Okay. Let's just do a news flash. Okay. Well, Hakaho is no longer Magaki. He is now Miyagino Oyakata. But this should be the last time he changes. I mean, he just had a place marker Oyakata position before. We always knew this was coming, but he is now officially the Oyakata of Miyagino stable. He's going to be taking it over and I'm sure bringing along all the kids he's been like putting together yep, his awesome team. Yeah. And so he's going to have the best tug of war team on the planet. Oh, man. I mean, he really is putting together a Dynamo House of Wrestlers. So I'm excited to see what's coming from Hakaho slash Miyagino Oyakata. This is really exciting. There is going to be a new YouTube channel and it is going to be hosted by our favorite. Well, I hope you're not listening, John Gunning or Murray or anyone else. We do love you, John Gunning. Um, but no one has the flair that Hero has, especially with the sayings. Hero is going to be having an English language sumo channel on youtube just for us crazed english-speaking sumo fans and mm -hmm. and he's no longer working for the nhk he's working for the jsa i believe or is he just independent i, I don't know no idea i have no idea i don't know where this came from but i'm very excited about it yeah it's like somebody overseas was like i think we've got a good amount of fans who are like craving more content mm -hmm. so let's get the king of the sayings, mm -hmm. Hero, and have him host a channel. So we're so excited about this. And I've got to figure out how to get him an interview. Like, we've got to interview him on Sumo Kaboom. Well, congratulations, Hero. We are very excited. Yeah, um, and I'm excited to learn more. Like, I'm excited yeah, to talk to him at some point and find out there. why. Yeah, and it's specifically for, I think, us. It's so, only for us. Well, it's you for Laurie and Leslie. It's right. Only. It's right. It's right. <laughs> The rest but anyway, of you the sumo gods have been listening and ye have delivered. 
All right, the summer tours or the jungyos are happening, even though there is a lot of coronavirus still going on. So with the last boss show, they had a lot of issues where the whole you know, the whole stable would be out for the tournament because one guy has COVID. So now they're kind of talking about how are they going to move forward? And I think they've come to the consensus that they're going to do a PCR test. And if you are negative, you can wrestle, which means in the future, we won't have the same sort of craziness that we had in the past. If you come to work and you are negative, then you can wrestle. Um, but they'll have to test, I guess, every day. That's 800 people they got to test every single day. Ooh, so that's going to be expensive, but let's hope they figure that out. <laughs> I'm sure they will. But that means that hopefully in the future we won't have the same thing, which is everyone from a stable being out. Gagamaru is coming to the States. Now, I know I mentioned that last week, but he's coming for the Consulates Cup, but he's also, which is in Austin, September 2nd, I think, but he or, or third, second and third, but he's going to be in Dallas and he's going to be doing a workshop up here hosted by the Dallas Sumo Club. Now, what's interesting about this guy is that he just had his Donpatsky, so he got his haircutting ceremony and he just got married. Isn't that exciting? And he's immediately going on a world tour. Exactly. <laughs> Which exactly. we will be sure to ask him all about. I know, well, I'm sure we will. But he's lost like the the videos. He's lost like a lot of weight. It was yeah. hard for me to kind of recognize him. Mm -hmm. But good for him. He's like he's got a new wife, a new life, all is well. Yep, going yep. on tour. Yep. So maybe he'll bring her along. But that is the piece of information this week that made me go. I, you know, I don't know that much about Gagamaru because I just, he just retired kind of in the very beginning. And I just, of when I really started watching, like being steadfast with it. What's this guy all about? And then I was thinking in my mind, I get them all confused. They're all kind of from the same part of the world. And then I go, wait, why, why are there so many guys from this part of the world? And it made me also think about the world games and how the Ukrainian contingency was really strong and really powerful. And we have Tochi Notion and Tochi Notions from Georgia. And we have a number of other wrestlers that are from that kind of Eastern bloc. And I ju it just Poland. got me Poland. It just got me um, Estonia. It got right. me really curious as to We're at the end of the countries we're like well, does egypt apply no no the, what is no. what else is in there no i have a list of some countries oh, okay good um well the new kid who's coming up is from kazakhstan oh that's right and his name is kin puzan and he's at the kisei stable and basically what i figured out geography geography wise and by the way i'm a texas <laughs> educated kid so my geography come on our schools are not that bad <laughs> it has to do with what you love right and yeah I some people like, love globes unless i'm going there then i know where it is on a map but if i'm not then i'm like i think it's around that area what i come to figure out is that tochi notion is from georgia it borders with russia <laughs> keen puzan the new kid yeah he's from kazakhstan borders with Russia. Baruto from Estonia, next door to Russia, right? Okay. Um, same thing with Kota Oshu. Kota Oshu, uh, Naruto uh, Oyakata, he's from... Um, he's the guy in the black robes, y'all, that you see and you're like, oh, there's a tall white man. He's pretty good looking. Who's that? Yeah. That's the guy. That's the guy. He is from, uh, I think, Bulgaria. 
Also, the Russians were supposed to go to the World Games, Mm -hmm. and they were, like, denied. But we all know that the Russian team has some really big people, uh, especially the women, and they looked, like, fierce, and they were supposed to be fierce. So Really good? Really good. Okay. Really good. But I'm not talking about Russia right now because I'm not talking about Russia. Um. But I'm talking about in this what, apolitical right, podcast. That exactly, we're doing. it's very apolitical. But I ain't talking about Russia. <laughs> they know what they're up to. Okay, so but I go, why then this connection to Russia or this Eastern Bloc? Okay, yeah. And then I go this question of why. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going into history of Russia, Russia territories. Annexation, Crimea, like really? Cold War. Yes. Okay, this is where I would have put a hard stop on my research. <laughs> I would have said, on the brakes, I am taking a hard left here and looking at anything else. But I love the fact that you were willing to look this up. <laughs> it just proved that I need to talk to a historian because also I'm not that great at history of the world. It all brought me back to this question of, when did wrestling start and where? And how and does it how does it, how play? Does it connect Cold War? With, with Crimea and annexation? <laughs> I really cannot wait to hear you answer this question. Okay. Mongolia, by the way, also borders with Russia. Okay. Okay. So Mongolia, you would consider European bloc, Eastern European no, bloc? No, just once I discovered, I started at Eastern, like the Eastern bloc. And then I was like, holy moly, all of these sumo wrestlers come from countries that border Russia. Okay. So why? Okay. Right? And then I was like, what does Russia have on the rest of the world? Like, why are they all wrestling there? Like, is that? Something that I should know about. So get this. I just decided to do the history of wrestling. Okay. <laughs> Ish. Ish. Okay. Now we all know that in sumo, we've had many foreigners come from everywhere. Takamiyama was the first foreigner to really make it to the top division. Before that, there was actually an American named Harley Ozaki, and he uh, reached Makauchi in 1944. He was from uh, he was American-born, but Japanese. I just and love the fact that his name is Harley. Harley Ozaki. I know. I know. Right? Yeah. Right? It's a very American name, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And, yeah. And from that time period, too. I'm like, no one names their kids Harley these days. Do they? Or maybe they do. I only know dogs named Harley. Well. <laughs> I don't know a person named Harley, actually. <laughs> but it's a very American name. It is. <sighs> it is. Yada, yada, yada. All these places surrounding Russia. I was yeah. like, is Russia then the the home of like the wrestling, wrestling? Yeah. And then I went down this rabbit hole and I was like, oh, okay, now I'm into something really, really interesting to me. Every civilization, every every indigenous people pretty much has developed their own form of wrestling. And sure. And even like apes. I'm not even joking. Great silverback apes and monkeys. Some civilizations have even been able to study what animals do. And then they put it into their own um, culture. And it is like one of the very first, I think, systemized um, forms of combat or um, grappling, I think. Um well, anybody who's ever had kids, like two boys, knows <laughs> it's wrestling instinctual. just develops. Right. And it, it's for real reason, combat, um, but also throughout time, people have been warring people. So you have to practice for 
war, I imagine. Otherwise, you're going to get pretty much crushed, right? So it has been around since time like existed, okay. I, I think. Okay? okay. There are even cave dwellings in France um, that are 15,000 years old that depict wrestling. In the Egyptian tombs, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, there's also depictions of wrestling, right? And some of those depictions are people like in Africa, in Egypt, like warring with people from Nubia, which is also like you think of Africa and you think of like Egyptians and you think of African continent and you think of these people traveling around to wrestle each other in sport is very fascinating to me, especially in the ancient world, right? Yeah. I mean, if Moses had just said to the Pharaoh, let's wrestle, let's wrestle this over out. this. Right. We would have, have a whole different history. We would. <laughs> we would have figured the ending to that story much faster. Right. And and it made me go, well, then was Japan, like, how did Japan come up with this, right? They We say it's 1,500 to 2,000 years old, but there is evidence of wrestling from 3,500 years ago or more, like I said, like in France, 15,000 years ago, yeah. right? So where did Japan get it, right? Every civilization also has a different style of wrestling. You know, you look at bulk because we all kind of are familiar with bulk because we see a lot of that in sumo with our Mongolian wrestlers. We see different types of things that uh, each civilization does, but it a lot of it has to do sometimes with grappling or belt wrestling, belt sports. So sumo, they think, or in my ish kind of research, mm -hmm. the Chinese also, like a long time ago, were conquering everybody, but they also traveled around a lot. And China, being close to this kind of center they think maybe somewhere in that area is kind of where it might have started. And then from there, it kind of spread out. Although I think it's more in intuitive to like think, I mean, it's an intuitive thing. Like Nate, they say, they meaning historians, but Native or Indigenous Native Americans had their own form of wrestling, right? So says to me, it goes back forever. It's just a different variation of how people developed wrestling from there on out. But China, Chinese missionaries did go to Japan, and it is thought that perhaps some of the wrestling that we have in Japan today might come from that influence. Then it makes me go back to where we all started on Pangea. Uh, how old is Pangea before all of the continents broke old. apart? That we were all on Pangea. Wrestling. Wrestling. And then wherever Probably. the continents just broke out to Probably. is where like, everybody's just riffed on their own wrestling. It probably came from the first explosion. And people were just like... Wrestling. Wrestling. Yep. Yeah. Well, in Eastern Europe, they have a wrestling tradition there as well. Folk wrestling, which is... For them, a type of grappling sport, they have a few kinds. They have one called, I'm going to pronounce this wrong because it has like little tildes and stuff over the vowels, tranta, which is an upright wrestling, and that's from Romania and Moldova. It can be practiced from the knees. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yes, right? You're like on your knees and get this, the victor receives a loaf of bread. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. These could be the relatives of some of these sumo wrestlers like Tochi Notion, right? The Narodno Ravanji is a wrestling style from Serbia. And they, depending on the hold, they can be a chest hold, a belt hold, or back hold, or Pelavon, which is a wrestling style practiced in Albania, Serbia, and Bulgaria. Germany has their own style of grappling as well. Everywhere in this part of the world, people have been wrestling. Now, here's where I get to the Cold War. Okay. <laughs> okay. I told you that this yes. is going to be really out there. But let me just say, belt wrestling is actually one of the oldest historically recorded sports. So in sumo, we remember that they, before they put on the mawashi and everything, they were doing it naked, right? Mm -hmm. But other civilizations had added the belt to be able to grapple in a different way. So that's why in my mind, I was like, well, perhaps some influence from outside like China or a Chinese missionary came over and said, well, here's another way to fight. Just put on some underwear and then like you've got you've got something to grapple with. But that's, again, me being a historian and having no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> but the, these belt wrestling images are on rocks painted in Central America, Africa, Europe, and Asia. So mm -hmm. all over, there's been people grappling with the belt, mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. The belt, though, the belt-specific tradition passed from the Turkish people to the Slavic people. Okay. Which is, isn't that that part of the world? I would think so. Right? And that was a really popular style in South Russia. And it always has been. So that... Tur Turkish Slav style was popular in Russia. Okay. In the southern Russia, okay. which if you think about pre-war... It's close to Mongolia. It's close right. to China. It's close to... Yeah. But some of those countries were Russian territory prior to the Cold War. So that was... That makes sense. Before with, the borders Before moved. the borders moved. Okay. Before Ukraine was independent, and they're strong in sumo. Before Mongolia, you know, that is all hardcore wrestling, the wrestling belt of yeah, Europe. I in like the, that. In the way I kind of have figured it out. Yeah. So once I was looking, though, at why that part of the world, it kind of started to make sense in my brain. When you think about sumo, a lot of kids back in ye old days came into sumo because they were rural kids. They didn't have much money. And we figured out that this is a way you're going to have a roof over your head. You're going to be able to hopefully one day support your family. And when I looked too to this wrestling belt in Europe or the Russian Eastern, Eastern Bloc, a lot of that part of the world has been depressed since the Cold War mainly because the border shifted. And so all of these countries, no longer part of Russia, were, of course, intertwined with Russia. But because they're now independent, it took them a long time of struggling to be able to get up to financially being 
justifiable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Independent of Russia, independent of Russia's resources. You know, every one of these countries, if you look at it, especially from the end of the Cold War in like 1991, they all suffered uh, or many of them suffered for 20 or more years with just being dead broke. You know, Mm -hmm. so if you had a big kid in the same way that it happened in in Japan years ago, before it become became westernized and majorly industrialized, that's what happened in in a lot of those countries. You know, they struggled. These young kids were big kids. And for one reason or another, sumo was popular and or wrestling was popular and there was kind of like a gateway you know if you can get over to japan then you might be able to support your family back home and that's specifically why kota oshu ended up in the stable that he ended up in because his coach said this is the the reason why he allowed him to be the one foreigner in his stable is that kota oshu when he did come over he was so far ranked low, you know, I said that wrong, weird, but he was ranked so low, but he only made like $425 a month. But he had sent, since he had started over $3,400 back home to his home, to his family. And his coach saw that and said, you know, when there's a hungry heart, there's a hungry heart for sumo, but there's something Um, dignified in doing that. And he saw that this kid, like the kids from Mongolia, who, if you can make it in sumo, the money you make in sumo is going to be four times, you know, it's going to be worth four, four times what it would be in your home country. For Kota Oshu, it seems like that may have been a motivator for him going into sumo, you know, or it was a, it was a bonus or a plus. So in a roundabout way, I kind of thought, oh, it's similar to the Mongolian story and that these guys that come from Eastern Europe or that Eastern Bloc all have a strong wrestling tradition. It all kind of comes from that, perhaps that part of the world. And it goes back thousands upon thousands of years. And they've just found a way to make a good chunk of change and to be able to use their skill and perhaps something they grew up in, in a strong wrestling tradition in a foreign land. I don't know if that made any sense. No. Well, my takeaway is that these countries um, have some similar qualities because of their relationship with Russia uh, and because of shifting borders. Right. And that there is a strong wrestling tradition all in that geographical area right from turkey all the way over yeah right yeah yeah there's so many questions like what like how do you even determine why is football so popular in america why is baseball so popular in america those are huge questions i wouldn't even know how to answer those right but also japan amazingly like they're huge into baseball there too Mm mm-hmm but um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's a new sport compared to these, you know. Mm-hmm. What are the oldest sports? Hunting or archery was for hunting. 
So that's very old, but not a sport unless you would be practicing. Are you saying that in the caves of France, there is not a pictograph of someone playing baseball? Um, you know what? Like sticking a ball? <laughs> There's not? You know, my research did not. Did not show that. Not but then across. again, I told you in the very beginning, I was going to do just a real <laughs> terrible job. Random. Random, terrible history of wrestling, according to me and my bad research no, in six hours. I, I would call that an exploration. An exploration. Like, here is the question that you were trying to poke holes into and yeah. figure out. And you didn't come away with one answer. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's some interesting similarities here, and that's interesting. I don't have one answer yet, but it's somewhere yeah. in this territory. Yeah, like you why could... doesn't like why don't a bunch of wrestlers come from like South Asian countries, like India and in India also? The Vedas mention wrestling, so it's also ancient in mm -hmm. the Indian culture. Mm -hmm. So. I know they still have Indian wrestling today, but I don't know. Maybe they stay within their own wrestling tradition and they don't need to leave the country, you know? Who who knows? Mm -hmm. It's just old. It's a very old thing. And all of these guys that we see, most all of them from Russia, from Estonia, from Kazakhstan, from Mongolia, from Georgia, all border Russia. So there is that. Yeah. There is that. There is that. <laughs> Tell us about Tochi Notion because, okay. well, Lord, make this stop. <laughs> if you want a perfect description of Tochi Notion's record throughout the years, this ain't this ain't the podcast for you today because I will tell you that's exactly the kind of research I lost and I have no access to. So I can't. I do remember a few things about his favorite foods and things like that. You know, it's and the random. <laughs> it's the random stuff that I remember. Okay, but I'm going to tell you before I start this. When I was doing my research yesterday on Tochin Ocean, I was experiencing the most deja vu I have maybe experienced in years. I would look something up and I would think, I have talked about this. I know we have talked about this on the website. And then I would go back to our old episodes and I'm like, surely we have done a Tochi Notion episode. And I go through them again and again. And I'm like, no, we sort of talked around him. We have talked of him and made fun of him for looking like Nicholas Cage. Forever. Yes. Maybe you'll experience this as I'm talking through this information. You'll be like, Oh, yeah, I did know that. I did know that. <laughs> so this might be a repeat. We've probably talked about much of this before. This is our 124th episode, so I don't even know <laughs> what we've talked about over the right? last two plus years. Right? I have no idea. Yeah, but I know we have talked about him. I know we have yeah, many, I've just many a times. forgotten about it. <sighs> There's so, so much information out there on Tochin Ocean. I could not believe how big this pond was when I dipped my toes into the research. You could research this man for a long, well, and long, he's a long big time. deal. He's in, a huge deal in Georgia. He's a big man. Although he's a huge deal. Sumo's not that popular in Georgia, but he's popular. Is and it the, not and, popular in Georgia? I thought you just said it was very no, popular. Doesn't it border Russia? Yes, but not there. 
Isn't that weird? I found that in the research. No, I think I was listening to the your um when I was watching TV, I was watching a really bad uh British um soap opera. Yeah. And you were listening to that Tochi interview, interview. And he said that, yeah, Georgia's not very it's not as popular in, there. Because he was surprised at his celebrity. Yeah. Tochi's real name is Lavon. Lavon. Which I swear Where's we've la talked about. I know we have. Okay, we have Lavon Gorgadze, which is just so much fun to say. And Almost do you as far as fun as uh, Ricardo Sugano, <laughs> who was Kaisei. <laughs> I always go back to Ricky Saburo. That well, was my favorite. That's cockatoo, yeah. But Lavon Gorgadze uh, was born in 1987, and that makes me feel ancient. Yes. Mm-hmm. Prior okay. to the Cold War ending. Okay, see, that's good. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I know absolutely nothing about the Cold War and how. You don't remember fits in we it. didn't start the fire and like. That's Gorbachev the only thing and... I know. That's that is it. Is the rock music that came out about the Cold War, the Cold War. But I know absolutely nothing about it. That that is it. All right, but let me tell you what I remember about his background. Okay, yes, this kid grew up studying judo and sambo. He's really good at both sports. And a lot of the articles that I looked at yesterday said if he didn't end up in sumo, he would have ended up in the Olympics for judo. Like he was that good. Wow. Super good, super fast. But what happened is when he was 16 years old, he took a trip to Japan to compete in the world championships in 2004. Let me double check that date. Yeah. World junior championships at age 16. They were held in Osaka. I don't know if he placed or anything like that, but he came to Japan at 16 years old. And then he went back to Georgia And then came back again the next year because he was invited to train for a couple of months at the sumo club, uh, Nichidai Sumo Club at Nihon University. Yeah. So he was like, great. I don't know that much about sumo, but I'd love to go study there for a couple months and just see what it's like. So I guess that would have been either he was still 16 or 17, depending on when his birthday was. And when he was studying there, some other people that are in that sumo club said, you know, that kid's got something. That kid is super strong. He's big. Super strong. Yeah. If you are new to Tochin Ocean, yeah, he's big. He's like, he's almost 6'4". He's like 6'3 and a half, 6'4", somewhere in there. Now he's 380 pounds. When he first started out, he was big. He was muscular. But it's only recently that he's put on those huge shoulders that he has now. The oh. man has been doing a hell of a lot more weightlifting these days. Wow. In the beginning, he was to big. To balance with his knee issues. Yeah, yeah, which we're going to get to in, in a minute here. But he was always strong. Right. Always. So someone in that club was making introductions around. Who knows? Maybe it was John Gunning. Maybe. Who knows if John Gunning was even around? I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. Well, John Gunning was there in like when I was World there. World War I. World War I, like 1998 <laughs> or 99 or something like that. So maybe. Somehow he was introduced around. He had a tough time finding a stable, but he finally got accepted to one, the same one he's in now, because that's how stables work. You get invited to one and you stay, you stay there your or whole you retire. career. Kasugano Stable. That was the one. And initially he went in. He did not know a lick of Japanese, y'all. And he was really homesick. 
probably eating strange foods that he wasn't used to, couldn't understand what people were saying. But the Oyakata's wife was really wonderful. And she found a translator. She helped him learn the language. She got him hooked up with Gagamaru. Oh. And Gagamaru helped him with this language. Got him hooked up. Um, there was another person at the stable called uh, Munakata. I don't know who this person is, but it was a junior member of the stable that started to to teach him Japanese greetings and stuff like that. So he was really helped by a big number of people around him to help sort of work through yeah. that homesickness. And I will tell you, he did so well initially. Like other people from the Eastern European bloc, when they come into sumo, they have to start at the very, very bottom. Right. They have to work their way up. Yeah. And Tochi did not get a Makikoshi record until he got in the Maegashira ranks. Whoa. He didn't lose. He wow. just kept winning and winning and winning. You shows all along the way. It was a super fast rise. Incredible, actually. Yeah. Along the way, people were starting to notice him, say, wow, this this kid is really, really amazing. He started winning... Uh, lots of different special prizes, things like that. He even got into his Sanyaku. He did super well. But a couple things of note happened. In 2011, he and two or three of his other stablemates, I think it was three of them total, so two others, they went out after curfew and they wore Western clothing. What? Yes. Oyakata like was... cowboy hats and boots? I'm sure. Yes. And big old <laughs> belt buckles. said Western. Yeah. Western clothing. Like maybe Izod pants. Maybe plaid pants. I don't know. I don't know. I prefer Nikes. to think of him in a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and big old belt buckle. I love that. I love that picture. That's how they went out. And Oyakata was not very happy. When they got back home... Uh, the Oyakata beat them all <gasps> with a golf club. What? Yes. <gasps> he took a golf club to them, and he also said, you cannot practice. <gasps> you, so he banned him from practice, beat the living daylights out of all of them. <gasps> he got The Oyakata got reprimanded by the JSA for this. And the, the next time that Tochinoshin showed up to wrestle at a basho, he did not do well at all. Either he was injured or because he couldn't train with everybody else, he wasn't ready for it. And he just had a lot of trouble. Wow. Yeah. So that well, was... Well, and this is prior to them making statements, the JSA, that that type of training and punishment and hazing and all that is going by the wayside. Or it may still exist. It just can't be publicized well this same oyakata was then sued in 2014 from someone else is this the guy that lost his eye yeah oh well like then same, yeah same stable yeah he uh, sounds where, like, like demonic. An, well another well what was happening was this is this did not involve tochi notion but it happened at the same stable an older wrestler was beating a younger wrestler and years later Actually, I don't know about the eye, but it, but the years later, this wrestler came back in 2014 and said, look, I still can't taste oh the same. God. Like, I'm really still having troubles. And the Oyakata should have done something different. The Oyakata let this happen to me. Right. In essence. Right. Um, it's under his roof. Yeah, exactly. So from what I've read about the stable that Tochi Notion was at, 
it was a really tough environment. Right. Like the Oyakata is like chain smoking every morning and they're all doing those severe sumo workouts with smoke mm. all in the air, Ugh. secondhand smoke. Like there's descriptions of Tochi Ocean just headbutting against walls, oh, trying gosh. to make things happen. And if you've ever seen Tochi Ocean training, like trying to get over injury, he is so tough on himself. Oh, yeah. He is just relentless. He just screams at people again, again, again. Like he's got a lot of ferocity. And all of that must have come from that stable environment. I'm guessing. And, and I'm not saying stable environment like it was stable. It was, was a, a stable, stable yeah. <laughs> environment. And it was quite an environment. Abusive. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Borderline abusive. Well, and it's that's hard that to old say... school way of thinking that like if you beat somebody enough, they'll learn a lesson and how to do it different. And a lot of these guys that are, you know... Hakaho and Kakaru, some of these guys that are started, and Kisuno Sato have all said that their approach to training new disciples is going to be drastically different because that yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, because they've all gone through they've it. They've all gone through it. And yeah. They've and all Hakuho mentioned said he how used to cry. cry. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it sounds awful. It sounds really terrible. Yeah. And if, and honestly, if they can't do it that way, then like the sport should die. Like you can't, you can't have a sport that its origins like have been abusive and and they maintain that like to hell with the sport if they can't figure out another way to train people and yet it's a really tough sport yeah so i understand like us saying this from outside the sport saying it you know it sounds like it's abusive i'm sure people would say you do not understand the sport and what is required to develop the kind of bodies that are up there yeah it's it's messy yeah. It's messy and it's hard to say what is abuse and what is not. But I think I can confidently say that beating <laughs> your students with yeah. a golf club yeah. is pretty abusive. Yeah. Yeah. For staying out late. There are other ways to deal with that. Right. Anyway, so it was a tough environment. Let's just say that. Yeah. Tochi Ocean did, pr- did really well until 2013. And that's when he had his first big injury. He tore his ACL. And tried, he really did not want to go out. He really did not want to take the time to heal. But the ACL, uh, it must have been a terrible, terrible injury. It required surgery. He was out for a very, very long time. And it is not the only injury that this man has dealt with. It was kind of the first, it was kind of the first bad one. But I will say that one of the reasons people love Tochinoshin is similar to reason why people love Terunofuji. is because he has fallen down to super low levels right. in the ranking system and has clawed his way back up. In fact, when Tochinoshin came back, he kept rising, 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 won a Yusho at Maegashira 3, kept rising, got his Ozeki status mm-hmm. after that ACL injury. Wow. But when he got the Ozeki status, he was already getting injured in other ways, wrist injuries. He broke a hand. He was oh competing with broken bones in his hand as an Ozeki. Uh, knee problems, thigh problems, wrist problems, low back problems, you name it. But he was an Ozeki for a while, a short while, a very short while, fell out of status, went back to Sekiwaki, jumped back into Ozeki. Wow. He was one of those. Wow. That was I like, I yeah. I forgot that. But all, all of that time, so he was Ozeki for just over a year. It was not a long time. 
at all. Like he was Ozeki. He was Katabon, his second one, stayed Ozeki for maybe one or two Sekiwake back to Ozeki wow. and then kind of out. And I don't have those exact stats. Do not quote me on that because it's not in front of me. But it was just over a year is what I remember. Just over a year he was Ozeki and then he fell. But all of his falls are due to injury. The man has had more injury problems than anybody else. And that's why his knees are all bandaged up to hell. That's why he's got things on his elbows. Yeah. And it's also why he's, I think, started to weight train like crazy. Because, like, if you watch him when he first was on the scene, Mm -hmm. he bent his knees so low. And he was so fast working at those low levels. Right. He was dynamite. And now he just can't bend his knees and work them in the same way. Because those ACLs are gone they're toast so another reason people love him is because he keeps hanging in there and as much as we all go when is he gonna stop like how many injuries can one person maintain but like now i know his history and the brutality perhaps of that stable and that makes a lot more sense to me is that those injuries to a coach wouldn't be you know All of the coaches have that mentality, you know, like you're going to let an injury stop you. Okay, sure. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Go back to train again. Shove people out of the room with a broken hand. Can you imagine? No. Like that's so painful. I cannot even imagine how much that would hurt. Yeah, I can't either. The man. But I mean, he's just tough. Yeah. And maybe his life in Georgia prior to that was tough. And. The other thing that really became super clear to me when I looked at his record was it showed me when I started watching sumo because I started watching sumo right after he fell from his Ozeki status because I've always known him as a former Ozeki. I've never oh. known him as an Ozeki. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so looking at his record and understanding it better and now looking back on him, I sort of feel bad about how much time I have spent poking fun at Nicolas Cage and like all of the things that are so funny about him. Levon's been through it. Levon has. Levon has just been pulled through it all. He's had to deal with everything. He's he's the guy who had a daughter and couldn't go back to see his daughter for like a year because he was involved in sumo. They wouldn't let him go see his new daughter. He's the guy that comes from a winemaking family. What? Loves to drink. Yeah. Grew up uh, stomping grapes and he swears that's why he has such thick thighs well, from all the stomping of grapes. I would believe it. His, his lower half is far strong. Oh my god, yes. Maybe, maybe not now, but it's always looked oh, stronger than is. the top half. Still is. He's bottom heavy. He is a big, round, muscular dude. dude. Yeah. And you kind of need to see him next to a normal-sized person to be reminded just how large he is. Yeah. He's a big man, and he loves his hobbies. He loves to cook. Oh, all right. He loves to sleep. I wouldn't say that's a hobby, but I guess. To so many of these men, it is. And I kind of understand it because it's a tough life. It is. And they get to rest not often. Right. So why not let rest be a hobby? (laughs) The man loves fish. Like mackerel is really big. He really loves the mackerel. Okay. Loves the wine. Okay. Again, (laughs) loves the drink. Loves the drink. Uh, Loves dramatic manga, if I'm remembering correctly. Loves the drama. Loves the good drama. Like soap opera. I don't know about drama. I don't know. If it's soap opera that he likes, it just he just said drama. Drama. (laughs) He's he's not words. 
he is he he speaks eloquently he speaks like he should like right. he knows like all the sumo wrestlers speak which is kind of like a little bizarre but like well, enough no, of the no. gist of what they're saying but very short he's not like you know Ichiyamamoto sounds like he's been public speaking for a long time he can handle yeah. almost anything yeah Tochinoshin sounds like he sounds a bit political in that when someone asks him, like in that one interview I was watching last night, they said, whose wine do you like better? Georgian wine, like your parents' wine? Right. Or Japanese wine? And he said, oh, they're both so good. They're oh, right. both very measured. different. Very measured. Like unwilling well, to can't give can't offend anybody. Opinion. Exactly. Because so, that person might be a sponsor. <laughs> he might have exactly. a wine sponsor. Um, the other thing, if you're new to sumo and you don't know that much about Tochinoshin, he's really famous for one sumo move, the tsuridashi. Is that the forearm shiver? The forearm blast? No. Because that would be... <laughs> tsuridashi is when you... It's the wedgie lift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tsuridashi yeah. with a silent T, right? You pick mm-hmm. up, pick them up by the belt. Right. And you walk them out. Yep. Right? The wedgie left. Yeah, the wedgie. He's done it his entire career, and that is nothing short of miraculous because he's lifting 400 pounds straight up and walking them out wriggling. Now, if it's Enho, it's not 400 pounds. Right. But he can lift very large men and take them out of the ring. Yeah. That is what he's famous for. So whenever he does it, the crowd goes wild because that's kind of his signature move. And he's fabulous at it. And I'm frankly amazed that he can still do it with all of his injuries. I am too. Oh, and that he is a certified dental technician. Yeah. That was, that's what we had discussed before. Yes. But people corrected us because I thought it would be somebody who'd be like in your mouth because I was like, these are very large hands to be in someone's mouth. And I got a number of responses being like, no, they're kind of the people that can like build retainers for you. But still, that's delicate, intricate work. So, you know, and I'm sure he's noticed he notices teeth and I can't really remember his, but like, I bet he has good teeth. I bet he like he could be. When do you have time to do this? He when could be at the tachi eye going, oh, they have gingivitis. <laughs> oh, they need to get that taken care of. Well, I have to say overall, the standard of teeth in the USA is a little bit different than the rest of the world. And I definitely remember when I was in Japan seeing people's mouths and being like, oof, you've got a tooth just barely hanging on. Oh. Can I get that for you? Uh, same thing, like all over the world. <laughs> Wasn't we have fluoride in our water here, but if you don't, then you can run the risk of having some real schnaggle teeth. Yeah. Plus, every uh, there's an orthodontist around every corner here, and I'm not sure if that's a big thing all over the world. Well, I know we've talked about this in some episode. We were noticing more and more teeth and mouth guards at one point. I haven't noticed them lately. Have oh, you? No, I've never noticed them. No, there's been a couple of times when someone will take out their mouth guards. And I remember saying, oh, that's lovely. Like Shahozan or someone took oh, out his mouth guard. I and think I thought, he has oh, nice that's teeth. Lovely. He does have nice teeth. Well, maybe he's had Invisalign and he's like, I'm going to protect these. <laughs> this was not cheap. <laughs> not, not cheap. Kaisei has a golden smile. So yes. maybe I've seen one on him too. 
I don't know what that's smart to wear one with all that head banging. Maybe Tochi Notion has a side hustle, right? Making dental somethings for people for people who lose a tooth. We're totally making this up, guys. Totally making this up. (laughs) Because he's a dental he technician. He has like private little room at the stable. He like has his equipment and yes. he's making retainers and mouth guards, mouth for guards and dentures. As a certified dental <laughs> technician, he probably could. Like I said before, where did he have the time? Like when did he do this? I there's something just so interesting about a guy that works that hard and who has been in that rough, violent environment. Choosing Being a certified dental <laughs> technician at the just same time. Choosing teeth. It's it's a almost little, little teeth. Yeah. I, it's the same it's the same fascination with Tamawashi and his embroidery. How does a guy and that cooking. tough I know make such intricate little little thingies? And make cookies. Yeah. I don't know. They're it, complex. Aren't we all complex yes. individuals? Yes, we are. Well, so that I, was fascinating. Yeah, and I think next week. If I can access my research, I will have better, clearer research on Gagamaru, I think. Right. And you're going to do Kota Oshu next week? I don't know. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Until then, I hope, by the way, you learned something. And if not, don't hold it against me. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll be back next week with something even better. Bye. Jamata. Jane. Ja,